knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Will, coming at y'all for a new episode of Field Note Fridays, powered by Bowtech. On today's episode, we're going to be coming at y'all live from a Colorado elk camp with Mr. Ryan Haynes. Now, if you follow Ryan on social media, or if you don't yet, you need to go check him out. He just successfully arrowed a great Colorado public land bull. And so, with it being September, it's perfect time to be bringing y'all some elk rut reports, we're going to be getting right on here to talk about what the elk were doing in his area and how he arrowed this bull. So I'm going to quit rambling and I'm going to let Ryan bring y'all some hella information on how he was able to put an arrow in a great bull. I know. So, Well, bro, you ready to you ready to talk elk, man? Yeah, yeah dude. Let's get on it. Well, dude, tell us about the – tell us, like, what went down. Tell us, you know, just give us the dirty details, man. Yeah, so um, we came out here to some public land in Colorado with a few buddies, and I've hunted this unit before, so I'm pretty familiar with it. And um, came out in July actually and hung some trail camps on some spots and some some uh, places that I knew had water and and uh, some wallows from the year prior. And we got here and checked those cameras uh, the first day; that they were pretty dead. Um, I was actually surprised. Um, so what we did is we made a game plan. I'm glad I hung those cameras so we didn't spend time in those areas um wasting our time when there there really wasn't any elk in that area so um we started hunting a new a new spot and i uh, actually used hunt stand to uh to kind of look through some some topo maps and see some some drainages some steep topo angles um some contour angles and uh just what looked like might be some really good bedding close to feed and uh we spent three days in there and the very first day we get in there um me and a buddy are sitting there and a front rolls in. Um, it was probably about 75 degrees when this front rolled in. It dropped it to uh, probably 60 in the evening time. And those bulls just started bugling. Um, so I bugled back and um, I called a spike in. And then about 20 minutes later, I called a uh, like a full point raghorn in at 50 yards. Um, he was behind some trees and just couldn't uh, couldn't really get a shot on him for my buddy at that time. So uh, he kind of ended up wheeling out and, and running back up the, the side of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, the first day was awesome. Um, we got into a lot of, a lot of elk, saw some cows. And, and then, uh, the second day we went back in there to the same spot and was kind of hunting over this small wallow in this, uh, this meadow. 
And then it started hailing on us uh, really, really bad. Um, we had to take cover for a little bit, lightning storm. And as soon as that storm kind of blew through, it dropped it to about 35 degrees. Um, it was almost freezing up on, on top of the mountain, Whew. about 11,000 feet. Yeah, it was, it was cold. I didn't, I didn't prepare for that one with the clothing. Um, but as uh, soon as that happened, those bulls lit up. Um, one of the biggest bugling fests I've ever been in, probably six or seven bulls um, within 100 yards around us, uh, just screaming. So we worked our way um, through some timber that had a whole bunch of sign and a whole bunch of fresh sign uh, working our way to this bull. And we get to about 75 or 80 yards. And he's actually right up next to a cliff. And he's, he's through some, on some timber and then there's a tall cliff. And he's sitting there. Um, we see him through the timber. He's a, he's a good six point. We're bugling and he's bugling. And then he circles down to try to get our win. And uh, we made a move on him. But then it just got a little too dark. So we ended up having to back out and go the next day so um two days in and uh i mean we we were in elk we were seeing probably i mean five to ten elk a day and, and multiple bulls so um and then the couple days that went but the, the next day that went by it was super hot um no rain no front push through and it was just uh it was tough for those, those bulls kind of shut their ladies and and um so we actually didn't see or hear a bugle that day at all um and then it fools around, and me and we we decided to split up. And I went back in there to um, that spot that I knew had some bulls in it, and I was actually going to go to a new a new spot, a new bedding area, which I thought were they'd be in. Mm-hmm. And when I'm making my way there, um, I hear a bugle down where we were the night before. <laughs> so my thermals were going right to him. So I had to back out, and I, I literally ran through this meadow and, and ran halfway up this mountain, side hilled it. Um, to get my wind right and came out below him, um, which was about a mile run. <laughs> and uh, then I hit my first bugle, and and then since then he just um, he just fired up. Um, he kept he kept bugling back at me, and then um, I cut the distance uh, without bugling at all. And then he started making his way to this bigger meadow, um, and I knew that's where he was going. So once I creeped up to that meadow, um, I get to about a hundred yards. And I look up and there he is standing in the middle of this meadow. And, um, and then I, I kind of creep forward. He's at a hundred, like one Oh one somewhere around there. And I didn't feel comfortable with that shot. I look to the left and there's two more bulls yeah. and, uh, they're both, they're all in this meadow and I creep up and they kind of make their way around this little bend in the trees. So I cut the distance in half and got to about 70 yards. And what I did, I can look into the trees at them and the bull that I, that I actually, um, was going after was uh, was fighting and he was locking horns with this smaller bull and just uh, I mean they were going after it and bugling and and uh, so he ran the smaller bull off and then made his way up this hill and I knew he was going it's exactly where I knew his bedding area was and he was making his way straight to it so um, he ran the other two bulls off and when he went up the hill I followed him and um, I ended up closing the distance on him super close I got to about 25 yards and some super thick timber and I, I stepped on a stick and cracked that stick mm. and he just wheeled around and looked at me and stared at me for about two minutes and I didn't make a move. And then he boop, wheeled out and just ran. <laughs> so as soon as that happened, I hit a bugle and um, he bugled, fired right back. And then I think it changed his mind and he thought, man, so he slowed up and then my wind was still good. So I, I followed him more and he, he calmed down and, he, he was walking to his bedding area. Well, once I caught back up to him, 
I worked my way into, I, I heard some trees thrashing and I worked my way in and I could see him at about 30 yards and I worked my way back into about 25 again. And he, it's so thick in there. I don't have a shot and he's just thrashing a tree, um, uh, a pine tree. He's just, I mean, probably an eight inch diameter pine tree and it's just going after it. And the thing is just, it looks like a twig. Um, and then he's bugling the whole time and I'm sitting behind this other pine tree at 25 yards trying to hold my composure. And, uh, finally he starts walking away, um, walking the directly the other way that I thought he'd walk and going downhill. So what I did is I hit a small faint bugle and he turned again, um, and bugled right in my face at like 28 yards. Um, so he started working his way downhill and I ranged a small, it's, it, I ranged a little small gap, um, at 36 yards. And it's the only shot I was going to have at him. And I pulled back and released it. And I hit a tree branch and sent it right over his, I sent it right over him. So he jumped and he ran down a hill. I put another arrow in and I saw, I saw the trail that he was going on and I ranged it again. And it was, uh, at like 35 yards, exact same distance. Didn't even have to change the side. I pulled back he stopped. I cow called and he stopped right in that gap and I sent it and I saw it hit low. Mm. Um, but I knew I got him and he, he ran maybe 30 yards and uh stopped and then uh, hunched his back like a typical gut shot yeah and um he hunched his back and then just kind of slowly walked i could see blood um pouring out and then he stopped at about 80 90 yards and bedded down so i watched him for like 45 minutes in his bed um and then he stood up out of his bed and walked down to the bottom of the drainage well what i ended up doing is just backing out we actually gave him probably 18 hours till the next morning um and it was a super cool night that day, that, that night. I knew where he died in that bottom was really cold. Um, so I knew the meat was going to be fine. And um, we ended up walking in there and he didn't make it um, 30 more yards from where he bedded the first time. So he made it about 120 yards from his total from where I shot him. So um, ended up working out and recovered him. And um, it, was an, it was an awesome experience being able to uh, sneak into a bull in his bedroom like that and that close and have him screaming the whole time. And and uh, just using some tactics to uh, to get one on the ground in public land in Colorado. Heck yeah, brother! You couldn't you couldn't ask for anything better, huh? No, no, it was it was textbook too. So it was. Uh, I mean, we played it right and and ended up uh, getting some meat in the freezer um, at the processor here and and having some uh, some horns to go home with. Heck yeah, dude! Can't complain about that. So. Oh yeah, we're pumped, man. You know. The whole the whole point of these these podcasts I do like this, you know, I want to give the listeners kind of like that rut report. You know, a lot of guys have either just gotten back from a hunt, they might still be up there, or they're on their way. And so, what would you say in terms of the elk rut? Like, what what were these elk doing? Like, were they still bachelored up? Were they going starting to herd up yet? Like, what were they doing? So right now. Um, they're in that stage of, from what I've seen, uh, there's still a few bulls bachelored up. We have got on a few solo bulls, but they are, they're not, they're not really running hard yet. Wallows are still pretty, pretty dry. Um, there's a few of them starting to open up, uh, but they're not really, they're not really too active yet. Um, we hit it pretty early, but those bulls are bugling, um, especially if you get a pressure change. So we've seen three times now, as soon as the pressure change, change comes and that sun goes away and some clouds roll in, um, those bulls will be bugling. Um, if I could give one thing of advice to anyone is uh, to try to stay away from too many 
Um, right now, try to stay away from early September. Too many cow calls. Um, I see a lot of guys. I mean, I've seen three or four hunters here or, or heard them. And what they're doing is they're they're throwing out a lot of bugles with cow calls, trying to make it sound like those bulls have a a harem of cows. And and right now mm-hmm. they're just not doing that. So, um, you can those bulls can tell the tell that right away. Yeah. Um, I mean, there might be one one hot cow in the area um, starting to come into heat, but just not they're not like that. So if I had one thing of advice is to slow down on the cow calls. If you hear a bugle, cut the distance um, as fast as you can um, without making a noise. Um, and then if you have to locate them again, throw a faint bugle the other way. Don't blow it in his face because what those bulls are doing right now, they're not they're not too fired up. Um, you might call one in. But they're not they're not really looking for a fight right now. Mm-hmm. They're uh, they're looking to kind of establish a um, their territory, their zone. Um, so they they might be a little territorial, but they're not they're not too fired up. So definitely early September, uh, try to sneak in on them and and you'll have some success. Heck yeah, man! So you would say that probably later this month, cow calls will start being the trick for sure. So um, later in the month, I would say another week and a half or so week and a half or two especially if some good weather rolls in and in some of these areas in in colorado and and even other states um i think those bulls will start start kind of going out and looking for cows um because right now they're definitely bastard up still they uh they're not really on this on the search right now so yeah cow calls just really really kind of give it away to those bulls that uh that that did not go over there (laughs) i got it man well dude man I really appreciate you just hopping on the podcast with me as you're up in the mountains and just kind of giving us the, the skinny on what happened and uh, telling us about the rut up there. Yeah, I, no problem. I appreciate it. It's a fun time, and uh, we look forward to hopefully getting a couple more bulls in the ground in the next five days. All right, y'all. There you go. We just want to thank Ryan for his time to talk elk with us live from his camp. He was able to bring y'all some information on what the bulls were doing, and hopefully you'll be able to take some of this information about what the elk are doing right now it sounds like they're still battered up in colorado they're bugling but they're not really in the full swing of rut yet so hopefully you'll be able to take something from this apply it to what you're doing and kill you a big bull soon so we just want to thank you all again for tuning in to another field note friday's episode powered by Botech, and we'll see you on the next one places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave.
Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.